All right. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Sports Ethos Boston Celtics podcast. It is once again your host, Lucas Gaynor, here today with my co-host, Patrick Lansbury. Patrick, this is our first real off-season pod, you know, not immediate reaction then. Now that you've had a little bit of time to digest the unfortunate, you know, ending to our season then, how are you feeling today? The draft coming up tomorrow, free agency is about to be in full swing then. Pat, are you fully locked into off-season mode and how are you doing? Yeah, man. Um, ah, I feel like our off season as podcasters doesn't even last. Like we are back at it again, like a bad habit. We got Woj tweeting today about the Jeremy Grant to the Blazers news. I'm um, in a wild trade there with Detroit. So, man, it's it. The off season does not wait. We rolled right back into this thing. You got the draft tomorrow. We got all the rumors swirling around the Boston Celtics. Basketball is just crammed down our throats again already here. So I'm here for it. I can't wait to talk about more of the the Boston Celtics and get past what we did uh, last season. Once we get uh, some of these grades out today, we'll be able to really put the season behind us and, and try to build from there, man. So I'm really excited. How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm feeling good, man. I mean, it is what it is, bro. You know, I would have loved to win the finals, but we didn't. So it's on to the off-season, man. Off-seasons are where championships are won, and I think this is going to be a big off-season for the Celtics. Considering, you know, Mr. Grosbeck, Wick Grosbeck, said on the radio yesterday, or, you know, that he's willing to go into the tax this year. So, you know, might see a little bit more of a busier off-season maybe than usually you've seen over the past few seasons for the Celtics. So really looking forward to it. But like you said, man, we are going to be doing some player grades today, Pat. And I think we should just dive right into it. Pat, I'm going to ask you first. Are are you okay with me asking you first, or do you want me to kick it off? I want to. You want to go you into player grades? Um, you know what? Just just throw one at me, and I'll, I'll throw a player right back. We'll back. We'll back. All right, we'll, I'll go down the starting lineup. So let's start with uh, the ever polarizing, the player we all love and trust, Marcus Smart. Man, if you had to give him a grade for the whole season, the regular season, the postseason, everything combined, what would you say your grade would be him for the season? Um, Marcus Smart. I'm doing this on a scale of out of 10 for me personally. Um, I come in at like an 8.7. I think he had a very – So like a B plus. Okay, B plus. Yeah. I, I thought he had a pretty solid year. He made some strides in the playmaking. It looked rocky, of course, in the beginning when the team was still trying to figure it out. He called out the team. Team called out you know each other. It was just kind of a little murky at the start out the year. Takes a little hit there. But throughout the, the season, you saw the progression of Marcus Smart, proving that he can be – a starting point guard in this uh, league, which is very hard to do. He showed that playmaking ability, and he started to be more selective with his shot selection. So the 8.7 grade just seems pretty fair to him. He had that ankle injury in the playoffs and played through it, and he had some good games, had some bad games. But ultimately, Marcus Smart, I think, rose above expectations this year. You know what? I think that's a pretty fair grade. You know, 87 would be plus. I like that. I was definitely more kind to Marcus Smart here. You know, I hovered at um, what I would consider a 9.4, 94. So a straight up A because, Patrick, what really brought him up from the A minus grade to the A was the fact that he got over the hump and this guy won defensive player of the year. He was phenomenal all year. That kind of boosted my overall score. But, you know, I agree with everything you said, man. I think he really bought into the team culture. He held some people accountable in the beginning of the season, including himself. He really, you know, started to mold himself into a be actually uh, a point guard as opposed to a combo guard. He still brought his scoring, man. He helped our team grow. He was phenomenal all year. So I'm going to give Smart a straight up A because mostly because Pat of the doubt that he faced of being the point guard, combined with how well he played being a point guard, and then uh, the DPOY. You know, I just think it deserved a 9.4. He's right, A minus A range, and honestly. What could knock him down a few points in some people's eyes, I assume, is the playoffs, and I totally get that. He has things to work on, but I would say that's just why maybe he is not, you know, a high A. He's more on the lower side towards the A minus side. But I'm going to give Marcus. I'm going to settle on an A minus for Marcus. Nice ninety three. That's what I'll settle on. So A minus for Marcus. So first player down. I have an A minus. Pat, you got a B plus. So we're pretty much in the same ballpark. Yes, sir. I think the only thing where you're you're uh, different than me is that you have the defensive player year giving him a boost defensively. I didn't think he, I don't think he did anything 
super different than what he's done in the past. I thought there was years he should have been in consideration. Oh, no. I just think he finally got recognition for it. Agreed. No, I don't disagree with that. I just am going to give him a little couple extra points for the recognition. Yeah, man. No, it's in history. Uh, you can't take away history, so I respect it. Absolutely. But I also – I totally understand what you're saying. So B plus A minus, I like that. Um, I Let's go to Jalen Brown then, right? So we got Jalen Brown next yeah. in, the, in the starting lineup? Yeah, I'll kick us off. I'll kick us off. Let's go, Lucas. I know you got some good um, stuff for him. I gave Jalen Brown a B plus. Okay. Um, you know, he continued his – Good scoring throughout his NBA career, good shooting. His mid-range was terrific this year. He continued his good on-ball defense. Um, and I know, once again, this is not really Jalen's fault. You know, I think he was all-star caliber, but he didn't convince voters enough that he was an all-star. If he was, if he retained his all-star status, he probably would have stayed in the A for me. little heavy on the turnovers, but if you have Jalen Brown in the A grade, you know, I totally understand that. I just think, for me, my expectation for Jalen is so high that he I'm not going to say he uh, got worse or he only got marginally better maybe for this year to last year, maybe. Um, So that's why maybe I don't have him in the A range, but overall a phenomenal year from Jalen Brown. Okay, Pat top to bottom. He was terrific. He dealt with some injuries. He was phenomenal in the playoffs for us. And he went out fighting there in that game six against the Warriors. So maybe I should give him a couple extra props there, boost him up to a 90, give him that A minus. But my initial grade was a B plus, Pat. How do you feel? What do you, what do you got for Jalen? Yeah, man, I, I love that grade. I think you you kind of hit it on the nail there. But um, the big reason that we think that Jalen may have not made the All-Star team was you look at the state of the Celtics as a team going to All-Star. That's fair. Um, the That's 11 seed, you know, how do you grant 11 seed to All-Stars? You know, if they were – when the All Star was selection it was at the end of the year. I think Jalen makes the All Star, but you—that's not how the cookie crumbles. And you know he was ended up taking a hit because mm-hmm. of that. But like we said, you know, if we were doing just a regular season, I'd have Jalen probably around the eighty-eight or eight point eight. Since we are counting also the playoffs slash finals, I mean, it's a ninety-nine point two. It's a nine point two for me. And the reason I have him in that category is because of his level of play. Not only in the NBA Finals, but his play in the Miami series, the Eastern Conference Finals, was phenomenal as well. And he was a leading scorer in both the Finals and the Eastern Conference Finals. So seeing Jalen Brown just kind of take control and and really rise to the highest level in some of the biggest moments, I had to give him that boost. Just like you gave Marcus Smart a boost for the DPO. Why? Um, I've got to give him a boost for showing up in the Eastern Conference Finals and the Finals, man. So. Jalen Brown, shout out to you, man. No, he deserves – like I said, bro, you know, he probably is – listen, honestly, just to be truthful with the folks, I wanted – when I was writing down these grades, I wanted to give pretty much every single person an A or an A minus or higher. But at the end of the day, Jalen's like fell into the B-plus category. But maybe that's a little bit harsh. Maybe I'm pulling a salmon cow there because I do agree, Pat. You know, in the Eastern Conference Finals and in the Finals, he really raised his game. He was terrific. The turnovers and the handle, you know, everybody's going to talk about. And I do think they need to improve. But I think Jalen overall had a fantastic year. And I don't mean to take anything away from him. But I do think that Jalen still has a little bit, not of another entire tier or anything, jump that he can make. But I think he definitely has some improvement he can make that raises his game even better. And I think... uh you know, if I see that next year, he's going to be walking out with a hundred grade, a plus grade next year. So, well, I don't think we're too far apart on our grade for uh, Jalen Brown. Now, on to our golden, our golden boy, the golden child himself, Jason Tatum. Patrick, I'm going to let you kick us off. No. What was your Jason Tatum grade? Because I have mine, and I feel very staunchly about this grade. So, all right. I mean, people might not like it, but Jason Tatum. Is coming in at 9.3. So just a smidge above Jalen Brown. Now, I get the I get the talk wow. is going to be, okay. what about his playoff performance? Blah, 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 blah. Cool. Just like in Jalen's case, right, 9.2, I got to take it as flip side. They kind of were like reverse in a sense, right? Like Jalen definitely took off in the playoffs. Um, Jason was still really good in the playoffs. People act like he was bad because of a couple of games, but he was still really good in a lot of games. That Milwaukee series, the game six, he doesn't if he doesn't play the way he did, you know, we're we're talking off season podcast a month ago. But Jason Tatum kept us alive and allowed Jalen Brown to rise his score throughout the rest of the playoffs as well. 
Um, ultimately, Jason Tatum, he did the thing that Lucas and I asked of him. We asked, we want to see an improvement in your playmaking. Yes, we've seen a lot of turnovers, especially during the playoffs, and that's going to come with that growth in playmaking. Him being more willing to be a playmaker, he's, he, that's the learning curve, right? You're going to take those turnovers with it. So I think Jason Tatum has done that in a significant way. Now it's about him putting it all together. He made All-NBA first team, another All-Star. So you're talking about all these accomplishments. He also won Eastern Conference Player um, Award. So that's something as well. He also had how many Player of the Weeks this year? I think he had four. He had like three straight one time, right? He was on fire at one point. I think it was either two or three straight Eastern Conference Players of the Weeks, which was like first time in like the history for the Celtics since like Larry Bird or something crazy like that. So uh, Jason Tatum did a lot of great things this year. And I feel like it got swept under the rug because of recency bias. And I'm not letting the recency bias determine uh, my grade for Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum, 9.3. I'm hoping I can say 9.5 at some point. I just think it's going to take a, a really phenomenal year or him putting it all together. But 9.3 is where I hold. You know what? You know what, Pat? I love the 9.3. And I am going to be even more happy. I literally gave him a 9.7, a 97, an A+. Okay, the ending hurts, I understand. He ran out of gas. But to quote Brad Steven, that guy gave us everything he had. And I truly believe that Jason Tatum did. People forget that Jason Tatum, after last season, had to go straight to the Olympics in the beginning of July. He played all through the Olympics, and then boom, season rolls around. This guy's been playing more basketball than literally anybody. He played 500 more minutes than any other player in the NBA. He's playing more basketball than anyone. It's tragic. The wheels fell off at the end. And, you know, like you said, the recency bias is going to get a lot of people. But I'm giving him an A+. First team All-NBA. Elite defender. For my money this year, he's a – listen, I want to say he's the best two-way player, but safely he's a top five two-way player in the NBA. Absolutely. He started slow and picked it up phenomenally that led the Celtics on an all-time great turnaround midseason from being an under 500 team to a finals berth team. His playmaking developed to a great degree, you know, like you mentioned. For me, man, I'm giving Jason Tatum an A+. And I'm giving him a 97, and I think he's capable of just getting a 99 next year, 99 the year after that. That's the type of player, that's the type of person I believe in him. Um, I'm giving him an A-plus, man. First-team All-NBA, elite defense, great playmaking. Took us to the finals. Game six against Giannis, back against the wall. Gave us an unbelievable performance, man. For me, I'm going to give him an A-plus. I know people might not like it because of the result of the end of the season, but, dude, for me, he played so amazingly this year. He raised his game to certain levels, man, that you know he previously was not at. I got to give him an A-plus, man. Hey man, I can't I can't fault you for doing that. I guess I just wanted to give myself a little space in case you know down the Ooh, line he ends up. Right. Yeah, I want to give them space to improve. You know, gotta have that expectation, like make an all defensive team, maybe win an MVP, win a title. You know, I mean those those three things. You know, I feel like that would be enough to make up for my my ground that I have left for him to make up with. Absolutely, I, I don't disagree with your take, man. I think he's well deserving for the praise and. I'm excited to see Jason Tatum, and I'm sure Lucas and I are, are just appreciative just to have him on our team. Not There's not many teams that have a Jason Tatum-esque oh. player on their team, and we do. We're, we're, we're definitely beneficial in that yeah. sense. And, and I just want to shout out Rich Eisenman, you know, great radio show host from New York. He had like a little three-minute monologue about Jason Tatum a couple of days after, you know, the Celtics lost the finals and everybody was piling on Jason Tatum. And he said, Pat, exactly what he said. He said, any fan of any team would be beyond blessed and happy to have this guy on their team. And he was telling the truth, man. I'm glad every day I get to wake up and be a fan of a team that, you know, employs Jason Tatum. So shout out Jason Tatum, man. You get the A plus for me. Moving on here to our starter, fourth starter, Robert Williams. Okay. The time Lord, Pat, you kicked us off last time. You got to kick us off off this time. time. Let's go, baby. I'm going to give Rob, listen, once again, I'm in the A range, but I'm going to give him an A minus, you know, 91, 92. Okay. Phenomenal season from Robert Williams. Second team all defense. We really saw the player emerge that was that top 10 talent in his draft class that slipped due to injury concerns and, you know, a few other concerns that Rob has put those other concerns to bed. The injury concerns, you know, that's why he's not at an A or A plus, honestly. 
He had an elite defensive season, man. He was phenomenal in making the Celtics one of the greatest defenses of the past decade, really, in the NBA. Definitely in the Celtics in the Celtics history over the last decade, they've been terrific. Um, you know, he was great. He got the accolades. His numbers were terrific. I think he can have an expanded role on offense, but what he needed to do on offense, he did very well. Um, and if it wasn't for the injuries, man, uh, Rob would probably be sitting at an A, probably at a solid A for me if it wasn't for the injuries. But unfortunately, you know, I, I knocked him for the injuries. But I couldn't knock him down to a B-plus because of the injuries because that felt unfair, but I, I will knock him down to an A-minus. But that's pretty much – I mean, Pat, listen, I don't have anything bad to say about Rob Will really besides injury-related things. That's pretty much it. All right. Well, here comes the, a big shocker here. Ready? Robert Williams is my highest graded player. I love that. I friggin' love 9. that. 9.7. Let's go. And here's why. Robert Williams played the most minutes per game since he's been in the NBA this year. Made all defensive team. Was top five in voting for defensive player of the year. Led the Celtics in plus minus in regular season and postseason. The man tore his meniscus, had surgery, came back three weeks later, and grinded through pain throughout the process. And I don't think in any of his interviews or anything like that, he complained about his knee. Nothing. No excuse. Says, I'm out there trying to win. It's, if you ask me if it's sore, cool. It's sore. That's why I'm on the list. Cool. I'm out there to win. I'm making a sacrifice. I'll worry about that in the offseason. The ultimate competitor, the ultimate impact player on the Celtics team, Robert Williams, deserves all the praise. If it wasn't for his injury and him missing the games, he probably ends up winning Defensive Player of the Year. He probably makes all defensive first team. And the Celtics, I'm not saying that they win the championship, but, I mean, it definitely would have upped their odds if they had a healthy Robert Williams. That's all I'm saying. And if that's the case, then that, that probably all three together it would have ended up putting them at 99 or even a rare 100. You know, 10 out of 10, recommend Robert Williams. But he'll sit at 9.7 for a fantastic season. I'm really excited to see what Robert Williams is able to do this offseason. I hope he's able to heal up and then get his body correct because we're going to need him if we're wanting to return back to the NBA Finals next year. But what a fantastic season from Robert Williams. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. I love I love that you gave him a 97. I love he's so highly rated. And like I said, I had to, you know, I know it's not really his fault, man, the injuries. You know, I had to knock him just because he could have had such a more complete season. He probably would have been potentially first-team All-NBA defense if he didn't get hurt. You know, wonder how things shake out if that happened. But Rob is definitely, you know, I had him at the A-, minus, but anything – a minus or above, I think, is what you have to give Rob because, like I said, outside of injuries, there's nothing negative you can really say about his play. I mean, there really is nothing. So, shout out to Rob Williams. And like you said, man, that toughness, man, he never complained about it. Robert Williams is another guy who, like, you know, I'm, I'm lucky. To, we're lucky to have all these players, Al, Jalen, Smart, Jason, Derek White. But Rob, I feel like, is a little bit unsung in that sense when you're like, wow, there's not many guys who can do what Rob does. Six foot eight. 235 pounds, 40-inch vertical, super long arms, can block shots, super tough, man, can hit the glass. I absolutely love what Rob brings, man. And uh, like you said, we're going to need him to be healthy next season if we want to make a run. So hopefully his meniscus is healed, and hopefully Rob is taking a nice rest, man. Hope he's enjoying his time off and he gets, you know, rehab his knee all the way so he's feeling good for the beginning of next season. But if anybody earns some time off, you know – I, I think that it's Rob Williams because it's not easy coming back off a of surgery like that, getting thrown into super high leverage situations, um, you know, right away in the playoffs. So shout out to Rob Williams, man. I 100% agree that A is a good is a good grade. Pat. Well, that means we got to come to our boy, the vet. Our grandpa. The vet. Yes, and Al Horford, man. Al Horford. And I think it's me now, right? I, I'm the next one. Yes, sir. Al Horford, man. Wow. What a season for you. What a season. We're coming in at just 90 overall. Solid. Just right there at the A minus. We'll give him a 9.0. And the reason is 
is that Rob, um, Al Horford coming off a season where he hardly played and stuff like that. He gave the Celtics a lot more than I think we anticipated. He played a huge role, played big minutes in the postseason. He was fantastic at times as well. He won us some games. Uh, he wasn't great in all of them, and you know that's okay when you're we're at his age group and not in the prime, and you're not meant to be leaned on in that aspect. But at the end of the day, I thought Al Horford was really consistent of being that veteran presence that we needed throughout the season. Um, whether it was uh, us going through having those locker room talks and stuff like that. And he could have been a vet and be like, you know what? It's too dysfunctional here. They're all younger. It's just not happening. And he could ask for a trade out. He could have been like, you know, get me back out of here. Why did I come back? Blah, blah, blah. And you know what? Al Horford stayed the professional he is and he continued to play throughout the year and had himself a really good year. I thought he had a really good postseason run and, and a really good finals debut. So Al Horford, I appreciate you. You got gorgeous eyes. 9.0 out of 10. I love that. I think that's a good deal. And you know, Pat, I am a little higher on the scale. I have about a 94. A. Straight up A. Al Horford's so very close to an A plus in my opinion. You know, it just seems like a few games down the stretch maybe where he wasn't you know, imposing his will the same way he was earlier in the postseason, you know, maybe cost him that A+. plus. But I think the reason why I'm giving him such a high grade, Pat, is because he outperformed my expectations, not only of production, right? He was better producing on offense and on defense than I anticipated, okay? He also, in the minutes department, I mean, he was playing heavy, heavy minutes, and I really wasn't sure if he was going to be capable of that. I mean, once again, he started the year struggling shooting from three, but he rebounded phenomenally, like in his shooting. You know, he shot over 40% after starting the year at around 28%. So he really brought his shooting averages up, man. Once again, on court stuff, there's not many things you can say about Al Horford that are negatives. And since he outperformed my expectations so greatly and in pretty much all facets, you know, I didn't think he was going to be a scrub or anything, but I just thought he was better than what I expected. I thought we were going to. We weren't going to get as much as we did from Al Horford, and shout out to Al Horford, man. I got him with the straight 94, man, straight up A. So, you know, I think he really earned that grade, and I'm really glad that he's a Boston Celtic, and I hope we can get him for a couple more years on a team-friendly deal like it's being reported. No, I mean, I, I got you, man. I think uh, I think his offseason is going to be crazy for him because we, I think we're going to pick up his option and pay him all that money, but no, he's getting, no. So he's getting, he's getting this 20 mil at least. Yeah. This coming season. It's just whether or not do they change that one year, $20 million deal into say a three year, 45 million where they or 46 million where they pay him 20 this year. And then eight, eight, I'm just spitballing with the numbers, but it's not like, you know, people kind of have this misconception, Pat real quick before we move on is that, that maybe you can spread out this 20 million throughout the next few years in the NFL, you can do that. In the NBA, that is not something you can do. You can only extend further. You're not able to spread out one year over multiple years. I just, I've heard a few people say that, so I just want to clear that up. I mean, that would be glorious if we could, Pat, but unfortunately, you know, this is not the NFL, and the cap is not fake. So, uh, you know, no restructuring of deals like that in the NBA. No, the cap is very real here. Now we move on to the bench unit. First off, the bench um, I know uh, sometimes he's not always six man, but I'm going to start with him just because he was there from the beginning of the season. We're going to start with Grant Williams. No. Okay. Skipping over our boy D White. It's all good, dude. Uh, no, I, I respect D White, but, but also I feel like I feel like the respect of the six man goes to the guy who's been here and probably played more six man role than the guy who came mid season. All right, all right. What do you got for Grant? Grant. Williams. Oh, it's me. It's you, right? Don't you start this one? No, I gave him an 88. Gave him a B plus. Proved his game so greatly from last year, man. Really changed his body, changed his game, became a much better defender on the perimeter. Um, You know, still was not elite, but, you know, on the perimeter, but he definitely was better than he was last season. Much better decision-making and most notably became an absolute knockdown shooter this year. And, you know, it really proved valuable in the Eastern Conference semifinals, as we all know, with that seven-point, that seven-three-point game against Milwaukee, you know, that 
earned himself a lot of money, you know, people were saying. And then he kind of, you know, I think the reason why he stayed in the B range, the B-plus range, is because the last two series he kind of, I don't want to say disappeared. He just was much less impactful in those final two series, which obviously were the two biggest series in the playoffs. So I think that Grant, you know, his exit interview was wonderful. He totally took accountability. Sounded like he knew exactly what he had to do to improve himself. So I love that, but I think he's going to stay in the B-plus range for me, Pat. Even though he improved his game so greatly, I have to give it to him uh, a B-plus, and I think that's a pretty solid grade. I'm not trying to slight him at all. Oh, yeah. I mean – that's a good, that's a good solid reason to keep him there and stuff like that. Um, I'm gonna be a little different here. I don't know if we're gonna have any grades that line up. I, we've been close on a couple, but like none that been like on none the money. Of the, none of the same so far. Grant Williams coming in at an eight point one. Wow. And don't be my idea as a slight this or something like that. My thing is is like. Grant improved in his, his three-point shooting. Wonderful. I still am expecting him to be a pretty good defender, especially on big men, which at times I thought he struggled throughout the year. So probably say he can improve. He was better than he was in previous years, so there was still a, a level of improvement. However, his offensive game, he got two shooter happy and we're kind of the regular season into the into the postseason as well and we saw Grant kind of phase out throughout the second half of the year um, he, he was pretty consistent from deep but still wasn't as on fire as you would say to start out the year right so he levels out playoffs come around outside of a couple good like games it's just kind of seemed like he disappeared and I mean, he even called himself out, you know, like, it's like, man, I got to be able to do more than just be a catch and shoot. I have to be more of a threat. So his lack of threat, although he may have improved in one area, I thought he hyper-focused to the point where it didn't seem like it helped in other areas. Like he took away from some of his game and it's like, you need to learn how to put it all together. So for me, it's not even really a diss, like an, an 8.1 is 81 out of a hundred. That just gives Grant a ton of room to grow. I want to see him grow as a passer. I want to see him grow as a post player. I want to see him attacking closeouts. Uh, I want to see him. I'm not saying he has to be able to have a good handle, but he should be able to to put the ball on the ground after a pump fake from the outside and get to the rim with two dribbles and be able to finish and, and have that type of threat to his game. So when I'm giving him this grade, it's more so of uh, I have a lot of room for him that I want him to grow in, and it's room that I think he can grow into, and that's why I've given him this grade. Maybe it's my expectations of Grant Williams are higher than a lot of people's. So the growth that he did this year was great, but I, I still feel like there's so much more he has to tap into. Yeah, and that's totally fair, and I believe in Grant. I've talked about it multiple times. You know, I really believe in him. Um, you know, expanding his game, especially on offense, you know, his shot diversity, you know, his post game, his decision making, I think will be better. But for me, these grades are just, you know, my grade for this season. So it doesn't really, it's not like, okay, say Grant has a phenomenal year next year. You know, he could still get a 90 if, you know, he could, you know, it's not necessarily about, I'm not basically, the grades are not relative to each year. It's basically just his performance this year. What do I think? Based on my expectations at the beginning of this year, I think Grant can grow a lot. So I think 88 is good, but 81, I think that might be our biggest difference so far, Pat. But at least we've been pretty much the same within two grades of each other, like B, B minus, um, B plus, A minus, you know. So we're doing pretty well so far, I got to admit. Um, now, I'm not going to let you do anyone else before we do Derek Wade, okay? So please, sir. <laughs> Please, sir. Kick I us think off. you start. Don't do I kick us off, or did you kick us off with that? Oh, no. I kicked us off. With oh, I get to start out with Daddy White. Whoop, whoop. Let's go. All right. So I'm coming in at an 8.8 with Derek White. Oh, and oh. that might be high for some people. I think it's like right, right where it needs to be. You know, I almost put him in at 9.0, but I'll do 8.8. And Derek White. Came in midseason, and he just he struggled at first. I'm not gonna lie, at first it was just a, a struggling fit for him. He was trying to get used to the minutes, how to play alongside guys. 
totally expected for somebody coming in mid, you know, after halfway through mid season. So as soon as he got adjusted, he started fitting in like a glove, man. Um, outside of his shooting, there is really nothing else you can really pinpoint on him that you were like, man, he's really doing this bad or we really need this. Um, outside of maybe sometimes not being aggressive enough, which I think is more of a comfortability thing. So I think that's definitely something that's going to improve next year. Uh, so with Derek White, a guy coming in halfway through a season, I thought he took a minute to kind of calibrate with the team. And once he kind of got calibrated, he really started to shine. And I like what Derek White is bringing to the Celtics organization. I'm excited to see him on the roster next year. Absolutely. I think that I agree with everything you said, but maybe your 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 assessment, your grade is just a little higher. I'm coming down at about an 82. Okay, B minus. Uh, if he played the whole season, honestly, with the Celtics, his grade probably would have been a tad lower. But, you know, I got to cut him some of that slack for, you know, coming over midseason. He's never played for a different team besides the Spurs. Now he gets thrown into a new team. So he's at loud, out loud, you know, a little bit of slack. I understand that. You know, I think that I'm giving Derek White a B- minus because I think he's capable of way more than what he did for us this year. I think he's he's capable of becoming a much more consistent scorer, a much more consistent shooter, and, you know, just an overall more consistent offensive players, you know, being, like you said, more aggressive, turning the ball over a little bit less. You know, I'm not going to say his turnovers were like a plague or anything, but he had some moments that were not great when it came to turnovers. Uh, You know, you can never completely erase them, but, you know, I do think that Derek White has a – listen, like you said, for Grant, your expectations are very high. Maybe that's why you gave it low. Maybe that's a similar thing with me and Derek White here. I was a huge proponent of the Derek White trade. I still am. We don't make the finals without him. You cannot change my mind. Okay. But I just think he does have a lot of room to grow, you know, consistency wise when it comes to scoring the basketball here, you know, in the coming couple seasons. So I'm going to give him an 82, 83, 82 and a half, maybe B minus. And, uh, you know, just because I truly believe in, you know, how much more he, he has to bring us. Yeah, I mean, I I totally get that aspect of it too, and he he didn't shoot great, so um, that's a fair also like knock on him as well. That's the, that's obviously my big listen. If Derek White shot forty percent the whole time, he's not. A big <sighs> he he definitely shot way better though in the playoffs in the finals. So I I think he got he got up the boost, and then you forgot the the daddy boost, man. He had a kid. That's that's a boost. Yeah, that's really, a boost. Yes, having the child helped him out. Having the child helped him out. And, you know, he did have that five-game stretch where he shot pretty well in the playoffs there, five, six games. Maybe I can convince you to go up, like, a couple of matches. You know, maybe, maybe He's saying it would be honest for me, though, unfortunately. I don't mean to hate on the guy. I've been a huge proponent of him. But, you know, I just think I know Derek White is capable of much more, and maybe I expected – maybe what – and I don't think I was expecting too much. Maybe it was just tough given the circumstance, you know, him coming into a new team. But I believe Derek White can be legit, consistent, double-digit score you know, 13, 14 points every game. I truly believe that. And he's going to get his jumper down. He's going to be more more acclimated next season. So I think, you know, he's going to be playing much more like, you know, maybe I – not that he was bad. I don't want to sound like he was bad, but I do just think he has another level he can hit with the Celtics. Um, but I think that does it for Derek White. Now, Pat, we only have two more players to do, correct? Um, we have because we have two more because I don't we don't need to go super deep into the bench. Okay, do we want to talk about guys that left? No, I don't really want to. Honestly, okay. all right. Well, you know what? Our RIP, Jay Rich. We still love you. I'll say it. That's fine. No, 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 no. Okay. Lucas, Jay Rich, no, 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 no. Lucas, we can't go with there. No grades. No grades. No grades. It was just a shout out to him. You okay. said they didn't okay. matter. Honestly, you Pat, said they didn't no, matter. I digress. I digress. Okay. <laughs> Let's do rap. I'm going to go rapid fire grades, players we've traded. Okay. Jay Rich, triple A plus. Dennis Schroeder, C minus. Ennis Cantor, F. Ennis Freedom, F minus. Okay. And uh, Romeo Langford, incomplete because he never showed up to class. Okay. Oh, man. Uh, Jay Rich, man. Yo, A plus for you, man. I love you. Love you, Jay Rich. If you ever listen to this podcast, just know I love you. Um, My favorite guy, dude. <laughs> Levi. Dennis, Dennis, Dennis Schroeder. Just wasn't the right fit, man. That's a D. That's a D all day. Sorry, man. Not my, not my fault. Um, thirdly, um, I'm, I'm giving him a C minus pack because he can do kickflips. Okay. Okay. And a freedom. You know what, man? F, yeah, F, I'll, I'll be F the more freedom, kind. I'll, I'll give you. F for free. I'll give you. I'll give you a. 
I gave you a C minus, man. You know what? what? Yeah. What? When you played, sometimes you gave us some boost, and you know what? Thank you for thank you for the memories. No, I will not stand for this. Um, I will not stand for this. Well, who are the other one? Who was? Do we have any more? No, Romeo, 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 Romeo. I forever love you, and I hope you succeed. And for that, I give you, I give you slightly above Ennis Freedom. I give you a C. Thank you. Okay. That, thank, you my TED talk. thank you for my TED Talk. Okay. And then, now, uh, now we're going to go into Brady Pritchard. Okay, now okay, it's time to go also, back also, and get back on focus. No, hold on. Hold on, Pat. We forgot two legends. Bull Bull and PJ Dozier. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> or do we so want to wait, 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 wait. Like 35 minutes? That's true. Yeah, we got to do Peyton Pritchard now, huh? Yep, we got two left. So we got Fast PP. I'm going to give him a B minus. Okay. I'll just kick us off, man. B minus. Okay. Through the pre All Star break and close to 50 games. Peyton Pritchard struggled to find minutes, struggled to find a shot when he got those minutes, you know, understandably. So, you know, you don't get consistent minutes. It's harder to find a, it's harder to find a rhythm. He was kind of food on defense post all-star break, man. His splits were ridiculous. He was shooting over 50% from the field over, I think I believe over about 45% from three, man. He was just knocking down everything and he became a little stingier on defense, man, found his role, really picked it up. But uh, be minus, man. I think he struggled for two-thirds of the season in the regular season. He had some moments here in the playoffs, but he wasn't a super impact player in the playoffs. Maybe I'm being a little harsh to him because maybe the role was a little too big for Peyton. Maybe I should scale him up, you know, maybe give him like, uh, you know, curve the grade a little bit. You know what I'm saying, Pat? But I came in originally with a B minus, so around like 82. What, what about you? Damn. Um, you put him right at Derek White level, and I thought Derek White had more moments than Peyton Pritchard, but – yeah, I have different. I have different expectations for those guys. Oh yeah, um, Pritchard had a solid twenty game stretch this year. Twenty games. Yep. Unfortunately, there's a lot more games than twenty in the season. Celtics played over a hundred. So oh, you're giving the worst man, Payne Pritchard. I can get behind this. No, I can get behind I, this. I, I feel like I'm a little. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put you at seven point five. We're gonna put you at a solid C. No slight to Payne Pritchard, but there's a reason why you weren't. Um, in the rotation to start the year, there's you just weren't you weren't doing the things that were needed yet, and you gradually got there and you earned your minutes. So kudos to you for that. Let's see if you could do a full season of keeping those minutes. You know if, why? Why one of the main priorities this off season, as we talked about it, is getting another point guard. If we're so adamant to get another point guard, there's no way that I'm going to be given the guy whose minutes are likely going to be taken a B plot or anything in the B range. Because at the end of the day, if, if that guy was a B some guy, we wouldn't be looking to upgrade that position. And we are looking to upgrade that position. And it's no slight to Peyton Pritchard. I love Peyton Pritchard. I think he's a, a great, you know, bench player. Uh, unfortunately for him though, like it's a 7.5 for me. Thought there could be a lot more things he could have improved in. Uh, you're, you're a guard at the end of the day, man. Like, you have no playmaking type skill. Like where, where's the playmaking? Where's the <laughs> penetration to, to attack the rim? Like you, you showed some of it sometimes, but like you can't just be a shooter from deep and just, we're just going to live with whenever you're hitting, whenever you're not. Did you see Duncan Robinson? He does it. He's trying to make a living doing that. Yeah. He got paid, but now look at him. He didn't even get playing time in the playoffs. It, it's when you're going into the postseason and some series you're unplayable it means you got a lot of room to work in because you can't just get played off of a, a whole entire series because of the matchup reasons. So for me, Peyton Pritchard lands at 7.5. You know, I'm going to move him down to a 7.7. I think you're right. I mean, I was a little high on him, but like I said, the role maybe at the end of the day, Peyton Pritchard was our eighth best player, man. Maybe he's more looking for that, you know, ninth, tenth guy role. With all due respect, I think there is a role for Peyton Pritchard on a successful NBA team. And I think eight is maybe a spot or two high for him in the rotation. That's why I gave him the leeway. But, you know, 7.7, 7.9. I'm in that C-plus range probably is a more fair place to put Peyton. But now, this is the most important one, Pat. You know, we, we weren't going to do anyone who wasn't really in the rotation but you know I had to make an exception for my Oh, we got to do Daniel Tice, man. We got to do Daniel Tice. <sighs> okay, I don't have much to say about Tice. C-minus, dude. I mean, Daniel Tice is part of the rotation, man. He played some minutes when no, Rob see, went down. When Rob went down, bro, when Daniel Tice kept us in the in the contention for the number C, one seed. C, I'll give him a C. Okay, 
great vibes guy. He did hang in there when Rob was down. He kind of gave us some minutes, okay? It's a good thing we traded for him just for that third big, that depth. He's better than Ennis Freedom, okay? Absolutely. Yeah, Daniel Tice ended up on the roster instead of Ennis Freedom, so you got to give him some love for that. Honestly, I want to give him an A-plus for that, but that feels unfair, so I'm going to give him a C. Okay, he wasn't terrific. He wasn't terrible. C is bang average, 75, right down the middle. He's a, I, I don't want him to be our third big, but he was serviceable when we needed him to be. Didn't give us anything in the playoffs, really. I'm giving him a C. I can't go higher than a 75. Okay, you know, I'm, I'm right there. I, I give I give, well, I give Daniel Tice like a 7.1. He's C minus. He's still there. He did enough. He did his job. And then, you know, he just couldn't be very useful in the playoffs at times. So it, at it times. is what it is. And he, he – I mean, he had he had some oh, moments. I think I think the Brooklyn the Brooklyn series he had moments, so he got moments to play in the Brooklyn series. Okay, that's true. That's true. That's so true. That's true. so we swept them, you know, and and that was big because we didn't have Robert Williams. So him playing minutes in there, I mean, could you imagine we were throwing out Luke Cornett? Like it would have been bad. It would have been bad there. We might win, we actually might lose a couple games if we don't have him. Wait, you you want to see Kyrie in the pick and roll against Ennis Freedom, Patrick? I mean, I'd love to see it. Why not? Let's see it happen. I'm a big Kyrie guy. I love Kyrie. Um, we'll talk about some Kyrie later later on. But, you know, um, here, now we get to move on from Daniel Tice. Okay, this is back to what I was saying. This is the most important one. I gave Pat one guy outside the rotation because if you listened to the podcast last summer, you know Pat's a huge believer. You know he almost convinced me. I was so close to being flipped. It's his guy, Aaron Neesmith. Pat. Please tell me why you give him an A+. Aaron Smith, Vordry! You know what? That's my boy. That's my boy. And I just want to say, Aaron Smith, because I know you listen to his podcast all the time. Big time listener. Big supporter. Um, friend in my dreams. I just want to let you know, man, that you landed at a 7.7. And... It's not a slight, you know. It's like you're right, you're right there at the C plus, man. I believe. Yeah, in that you. is very much not a slight, man. It's that's you're right there. You're you're right there. You know, the hustle's there. I see the hustle. I see that you really want it, and I think that you want it so bad that you're letting it. You're thinking instead of just playing now. And what I need you to do, Aaron, is I just need you to start playing again, man. I just need you to fall in love with basketball and just hoop, bro. Just hoop. Stop thinking, overthinking. Um, you know, continue with that energy because you got like smart, like energy. You just don't know how to control it, like smart. So you just look like a a bull in a china shop. So I will uh, definitely say, learn to contain the energy and use it in ways of your benefit. Continue to be the athletic freak you are. I love what you're showing on the defensive side and development. Now it's time to just start hitting the shot. Once you start hitting that shot, man, we're going to silence everybody. We're going to have Ray Allen. It's going to be great. Um, Lucas, you may continue. Bro, I know you didn't not call Aaron Lee Smith the Ray Allen. I know you did not just do that on my <laughs> Okay, so now that all our credibility is gone – Okay, listen, here's my thing. Here's my thing about Aaron Smith, right? What did he show us this year? Flashes of good defense. Hustle, athleticism. And hustle. Okay, he, he showed those, some, okay, of those, some of those dunks. Whew. No, okay, beautiful, dunks beautiful hair. Day, right? No, okay, so my thing about Smith, he showed us flashes. Immaculate of good vibes. He gave us okay. I don't know about that. Don't we? I'm not just throwing around the immaculate. Jay Rich is immaculate vibes. Okay, Neesmith is nervous, nervous kid vibes. That's what I get from him. So my thing with Neesmith, right? I believe him in him as a player. If he gets the minutes to, you know, if we kind of throw him to the wolves, man, he's not going to get those minutes on a team that just went to the NBA Finals. I'm sorry, Aaron Neesmith is at like a he's at like a seventy for me, man. He showed flashes. And you're lucky he's in the C minus range. I almost dropped him down one, but listen, I like Aaron D. Smith a lot. I think he's a very hard worker. I think he's a very high character guy. He was a terrific shooter off the dribble at Vanderbilt. 
He's not going to get a ton of off-the-dribble looks here in the NBA. He's got to improve his catch-and-shoot. But I love the effort he gives on defense. I love the hustle. I think if he can tap into that, it's awesome. And Patrick, if he comes back next year a knockdown catch-and-shoot guy, a little bit stronger and a little bit more, like you said, under control, he can give us 10, 15 minutes next year. And I think that would be awesome. But this year, man, was a little bit of a disappointing year for Neesmith. You know, lottery pick, man. He's had a couple of years now. I know he was affected by COVID his rookie year, you know, with the shortened off season and everything, but he looked good in summer league, man, but he's yet to show me at the NBA level that he can really be a guy I want on the court. So I can't really give him anything above a 70. And I'm rooting for the guy. Yeah, that's fine. You you gave him you gave him a seventy though, and that's fine. You gave him the peak amount of, you can muster to give him, and that means that inside Lucas, there's hope. There's hope. Yeah, there's hope. There's still yeah, a sprinkle hope. of hope, man. Now you don't have as much hope as me now, all right? But it will be phenomenal on the Knicks, man. Aaron Three Smith is going to turn heads. I'm 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 hopefully, man. You can only pray. No, I do believe in him. I do believe in him. I just honestly, I just think it comes down to like, I really just think it comes down to uh, like, man, he's the type of guy who's going to need those minutes to get consistent, you know, run and, you know, consistent, um, a consistent rhythm. And like I said, man, on a championship contending team, those minutes are not there for him. And honestly, they should be. We should be blowing out teams like we did in the second half. And if that's the case, then he should get some minutes this year. In, in a blowout game, yeah, I agree with that. Okay, but my thing is I also want the Celtics to improve their depth to the point where I don't need to rely on Neesmith for minutes, for 10 minutes a game. I want better proven players on the roster, and I think that's just going to you know go even further to limiting Aaron's, like, Aaron's ability to get on the court. So you know, I hope I'm rooting for the guy. I think he knows what he has to do in order to come back a better player, and I hope he does it. I never am rooting for any player to fail, honestly, no matter what team they play for, even if they're on the Lakers, the Knicks, the Nets, I don't care. I root for these guys on a human individual level to succeed, so I hope he does. But that being said, I don't think he's going to end up succeeding in Boston. Oh, you never know. Aaron Three Smith, you know. I hope I'm wrong. I hope, I I hope, hope you're wrong, wrong, too, and you're going to be wrong because Aaron Three Smith is going to be a Celtics legend. Okay, no, that's a bit <laughs> much. Okay. <laughs> we can move on to uh, we can move on to head coach here. Ime Udoka for me gets an A plus. he gets a ninety nine out of a hundred. Okay, what would have got him a hundred? Is that a championship? Championship. What about a coach of the year? If he would have won coach of the year, does the does he get- I don't care about coach of the year. They are disrespecting him anyway. Not even having him on the list. Okay, Ime Udoka, first year head coach in NBA, brought his team to within two games of an NBA Finals championship. He turned it went from being a twenty one and twenty three team to the number two seed. Like I said, that made the NBA Finals. Okay, he was a great defensive guy. Obviously, that was kind of what he knew. You know, we did pass the ball a lot more than we did last year. You know, there's still room for improvement there. I absolutely believe that. But Ime was true to his word in that sense. And on top of that, this man is one of the – he's a great motivator. He gets right to his guys. He convinces his guys to buy in. He tells – he holds them accountable. I mean, dude, I could shower Ine with praise for the next 20 minutes here. I mean, he's a legend, man. Honestly, already, I'm ready to – I mean, I'm like half joking, but I'm like ready for the statue to be built in a couple years here of this guy. I mean, we'll see how the next few years go, but I have more faith in Ime than I can remember having – in any sort of coach, you know, since maybe like, you know, Bill Belichick in like the 2000s. And I know that's crazy talk. I know that's crazy talk. He's only one year. But seriously, man, what he was able to accomplish in his first year as an NBA head coach is incredibly, is incredibly impressive. I don't know I'm doing it up in the head a little bit, but seriously, man, I am, I, I am truly, you know, blessed to have him as the coach of the Boston Celtics. And I really do believe him. Yeah, man, you know, he may, he may did a, had a pretty successful first year. And um, for his successful first year, I'm bring him uh, pretty successful, man. I'll bring him. Uh, I'll bring him in at nine point one. You know, a solid year from Mimi. Way to go! Oh, bro, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, never mind. Never mind. I'm, 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 I'm. By the way, I'm kidding. It's not nine point one. Um, he's more like a nine point four. I still, I still have him lower than you. Nine point nine is really, really high. Um, I, I respect that. However, I need to see a 
I just need to see another full season of it. You know, um, I thought he did a good job this year, but we're, we're talking about the whole first year. I'm not going to wipe away the, the first 40 games where we're sitting at the 11th seed after half the season. And you're having, you know, locker rooms have to talk players have to talks, even if that's part of the process and you being a new coach, like we're grading you on the whole season as a whole. And I can't just throw away 40 games. Now, how he handled those situations, I think he may have handled it the best way possible. But the fact that we got into that situation also is to some degree that he needs to take, you know, representation for. So um, I think that he did a really good job. I thought he didn't get enough recognition for a coach of the year. I uh, should definitely be considered first year coach getting to the NBA finals. First rookie Celtics coach to ever win back to back coach of the months. You may, you had a, a great way to make this team turn around. You have a roster full of incredible talent. You led one of the best defenses in the league and an offense that was top 10 as well. So in your first season, after such a bad start to the season, you really turned around. So I think you do deserve a 9.4. I think you win a coach of the year that gets you around like that 9.6, 9.7 area. Then you win a championship that puts you at 100. So, I mean, uh, the ability for him to definitely grow and and be even better is – is really enticing and I'm excited to see what a full year of Ime with some guys that are familiar with his system. And I just want to see how they play for a whole 82 game season. Yeah. I can't wait to, you know, see Ime in his second year, you know, a little more experience under his belt, man. I can't wait to see it, but I respect the 9.4 man. As long as we're in the a range, it's all good, man. I think he unequivocally deserves an a grade for this season. And I can't say enough good things about him. That's true. Now we got, the last but the head master of the Boston Celtics basketball operations, Brad Stevens. And Brad, Black Blockbuster Brad, you know, we, we love you here. You're getting a 9.9. Boom. You know what? Screw it. Run it. Run it. We're going 100. We're going 100 for Brad Stevens. You, no. I'm going 100 okay. for Brad Stevens. You know why? Because expectations – Start of the season, everything like that. First round exit, second round exit. This is a bridge year. Brad Stevens says, I'm going to pull these moves. People still think it's a bridge year, bridge year, pull these moves at the trade deadline. Okay, maybe we can get to the second round or the Eastern Conference Finals. Boom, we're in the NBA Finals. He also hired Ime. So if you have Ime's grade there, he has to be higher than Ime's grade because he hired him. He's hired. He hired Ime. He may isn't a Boston Celtic head coach if Brad isn't the one. And then also Brad Stevens brought in the, you know, the players to help succeed. He did a great job at flipping some of those assets. And ultimately Brad Stevens put this team in position to get to the NBA finals and had the opportunity to even win the NBA finals just because they fell up uh, two games short. I'm just really going to still put, uh, Brad Stevens at 100. I'm giving him a, a perfect year. I thought he batted almost near perfect as far as his moves went, and I appreciate everything that Brad Stevens did. I know you're going to have a knock on him for the Daniel Tice thing, and that's well, okay. Not even, not even that specifically. I mean, listen, I think Brad was phenomenal. I think he's deserving of an A grade as well. I would probably say 93. I just, you know, the moves he made. Okay, first movie made, he dumped Tristan Thompson for um, Chris Dunn, Bruno Fernando, and a second-round pick. He signed Ennis Freedom back was our first move, right? You already know that's getting subtracted points in my book, bringing back Ennis Freedom, okay? Dennis Schroeder, that was a good move. Hauser, I like that. The extension by Smart was terrific. The extension by Jay Rich was terrific. Extension by Rob Will, terrific, okay? We traded for Wancho, okay? Terrific actor. Go watch the movie Hustle, okay? But he's no longer on our team for a reason, okay? I think that we let go of Garrison Matthews, which kind of pained me. But listen, I don't want to get boiled down to the transaction history. We all know what the big ones are. Okay, the Al Horford trade, you know, was terrific, man. You you got off of Kemba, who's now on the Knicks, okay? And he barely was even making the rotation on the Knicks. We got a player who was starting for us in the NBA Finals. You got us Derek White, an elite six-man for Josh Richardson, a couple first-round picks, and Romeo Langford. You know, I think that, that that was a good trade. So all around, Brad hasn't really done anything bad, 
I would say, you know, the Schroeder for Tice thing was like, it, that was interesting to me because we did need a third big. And I'm sure Brad, obviously, that was the best offer he had. I don't think Brad was just taking Tice over better players. Obviously, that's not how it works. But he, that, that move got us under the tax too, remember? And it did sneak us $230,000 under the tax, which I do like. Um, because we don't have to go into the repeater tax, which is probably yeah, which means the likely. owners are happier to spend more money this all season. Exactly, so that's exactly a huge exactly. that's a huge win. Listen, I'm I'm usually anti under the tax, but in this situation, dude, I understand why we had to go or why going under the tax was important. But at the end of the day, I'm going to give Brad a 93. I'm going to give him an A as an executive man. I think he was terrific. Really didn't make any bad moves. Um, and yeah, man. You know, I think he deserved deserved an A. I can't go all the way up to 100 like you did, but I'll give him a 93, and I think that's a very fair grade. Okay. No, that's that's a fair grade. Uh, overall, you know, we, we got our grades out. And what we got to do here now is we need to um, – I think we need to give a grade to the overall team from the year. I think that's going to be ultimately here. Um, and I'll start here if you want, Lucas, or did you want to start with this? No, you go ahead and right. pick us off. The one that I like here, as far as this overall team here, the grade I'm kind of gravitating towards is team with the expectations and exceeding expectations. I feel like automatically puts you in a, a tier higher than you thought you were going to grade them. So I'm going to land in at a 94 out of 100. Solid A, did a lot of great things. Number one defense, top 10 offense, made the NBA Finals, two wins away from a championship, had a defensive player of the year, had a player on the all first team, and only had one all-star. Uh, wow. Talk about a a real shock to see this team uh, exceed what they were capable of this year with a rookie coach, uh, a rookie basketball operations. Overall, man, the Celtics is, you know, 95. We'll just put it at 95. I like 95 better than 94. Um, we're going to stick it at 95. Solid A. Great season from the Boston Celtics. Nothing to really take away and be like, wow, they really stunk it up. Yeah, I got a 97, man. A plus, baby. Now we got to the NBA Finals, man. We didn't win, so you know, maybe some people will be like, oh, how can you give me a plus if we didn't win the finals? Listen, I get it, man. But what the Celtics were able to overcome, like you said, with a first-year coach, with new players, um, you know, pl- old players and new roles, um, I just think that the Celtics, like you said, exceeded expectations, man. And for me, they get they garner an A-plus, man. From all the work they did to turn around, you know, the season, you know, the accountability they held amongst each other, the effort they put in, you know, the phenomenal stretch from January to game six of the NBA finals really was incredibly impressive. And I got to give the guys a plus for that, Pat. I just have to. All right, man. I, I don't blame you. I, I guess I'm a little salty for them uh, making me feel depressed halfway through the season and having people talk about the Jays can't play together and look at the standings and see us at the 11th seed. That just hurt my heart. So uh, I didn't let that part of the season go. And, and that's why they got a 95 instead of a, a like a 97 plus. For me, I, I just I took that to heart. How dare they put me through some depression? How dare they not spoil me for the whole year? Yeah, honestly, it was just that much sweeter, Pat, the turnaround, honestly. So it's worth it for me. The joy and the the elation, just the how proud I was, just everything, man. Struggling through those first 40 games and then rebounding the way we did just made everything even better. So maybe that's why I got them at A+, because... Man, just being able to actually reflect on the season now, you know, I know a lot of people, especially Boston fans, they expect very, you know, a lot of success out of their teams, high expectations. They might not be satisfied with the loss in the championship. Well, I'll tell you what, man, now that I'm looking back on the season, it was a wonderful season to cover the team, to watch the team. You know, everything, the storylines, we were struggling, but they rebounded and fought through adversity, man. And you can't ask for much more of a team full of a bunch of young men for the most part. We're not an old team. So, listen, shout out to Celtics, man. Yeah, man, shout out to the Boston Celtics, man. They they had a great year, um, definitely achieved a lot of good things. Didn't get the ultimate goal, but, 
you can't take away from what this game, this team was able to overcome and do this season. Um, and, and that kind of closes out the, the season grades for us. But we do have some rumors kind of swirling around that people want to talk about. Lucas. And So, yeah, apparently the Celtics are interested in the number 28 pick. You know, I don't know how reputable that is. They want to trade back into the first. I've seen a few reports. But, uh, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see if they do that. I think, you know, I saw a report today actually that said they like Tari Eason a lot, you know, from LSU, incredibly athletic wing defender. You know, he's absolutely per 36 monster. Um, But I think they would have to jump a little bit high in order to get him. They'd probably have to get over the Rockets at 17. So I don't see that being necessarily realistic. But honestly, Pat, I don't want to go too deep into the first. Like, I just think we should mention it because I don't want to just go off on these guys who I think are going to be there at the end of the first round only for the Celtics to have pick number 53. So um, I will be going live tomorrow night, though, around 730 with the Sports Ethos guys, um, you know, for the draft. You know, so if the Celtics do make a play, I'll be there and there. I'll tweet out the link from the account. Man, make sure you all go check that out. So there'll be some live draft coverage then. That should be a blast. So. I'm looking forward yes, to sir. that. Go as join well, Lucas man. and the rest of the boys, man. Make sure you guys go check them out when they do the live draft coverage. If you're especially into the draft, there will be teams from all all the other channels as well tuning in and giving some insight. It's gonna be a great show. Um, some other rumors outside of the 28th pick is that you got the Bradley Beal rumors kind of swirling around right now. Um, how you feel, Lucas, about? Bradley Beal. I know it hasn't fully right. officially been. I don't want to dive too yet, much. So we don't know if he opt in or not opt out yet. But let's just say if he did opt out, well, would you? Uh, how, how interested are you? So a couple reports came out of Brad Beal opting out of this final year of his player option, and for me that means one of two things, right? Okay, I really also would like to wait until Shams and Woj tweet this out, you know, because Bradley tweeted some cryptic things after it was first broke, so. Once it's officially reported, we'll do a little bit of a deeper dive. But Bradley Beal opting out of that $37 million means one of two things. It means he's either going to sign the largest contract in NBA history and sign pretty much the Supermax with the Wizards. They pay him $250 million. Or he's going to go play for a winner and he's going to go somewhere else. Now, if that's the case, you can count me in on a side and trade. You know, with a few people, they're going to have to match salary. I swear I'm not throwing any names out until this is official. Okay, but you'd have to match salary in a sign-and-trade if Bradley decides he wants to come to Boston. That's how the Celtics would be. That's the only way they'd be able to do it because they obviously don't have the cap space, so they would have to match his salary in order for that to work in a sign-and-trade, which could be potentially beneficial for the Wizards as well. So that's something to keep an eye on, Pat, but I don't think we should dive too deep until it's from Woj, Shams, Chris Haynes, you know, somebody of that ilk. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I think, though, that we have to just mention it because, you know, obviously Bradley Beal, you know, one of his best friends, is Jason Tatum. Oh, you know? And how many times have they been rumored around each other? But the thing that's different here that hasn't is if the rumor is true that he is opting out of this contract. That's something that we never anticipated. We always thought he would just opt in, and it's a big-time money. Like, yeah. And we would have had to trade too much to reap the benefits of having Bradley Beal on this team. But if he opts out, man, that changes things. And I think that makes me way more interested in the potential of what Bradley Beal could be and getting him here. I think that makes it easier to get him here for less, but at the end of the day, we're not going to dig too deep into that just because we don't know exactly uh, if he has opted out or not, but we will be looking at that situation a lot more as the days progress. Um, there has been other players that we've been rumored to be swirling around. Uh, what was his name on the Knicks? Uh, Burks, Trey Burks, right? Alec, uh, Alec, 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 Alec Burks. Burks. Why am Trey I saying Burks. Trey Burks? There's Alec Burks. Trey Burke, Trey Burke is former Knicks legend, but no. So Alec yeah, Burks, yeah. basically a two guard, come in, create some space, create his own shot. You know, good pull up mid range shooter, really good catch and shoot three point, uh, three point shooter, around forty percent on five attempts the last few years. The Knicks are looking to offload him. He makes about $10 million in salary. They're looking to get rid of him to create cap space in order to sign Jalen Brunson. So he could be a very, very low-cost addition to the Celtics bench, which I think everyone should be interested in. And on top of that, the fact that uh, 
he now has to get a little bit, he has to get a surgery um, and he won't be ready till you know, the beginning of training camp that might even entice the next to attach, maybe pick 42 on there or something of that nature. So who knows, man, I would definitely keep an eye out for Alec Burks. I think he fits exactly what the Celtics would need a guy who can shoot a guy who can create his own shot. And Alec Burks is also capable of running some offense as well. You know, he was the Knicks full-time point guard for a while. Absolutely not what you want Alec Burks to be. I think that's asking him to do not what his strengths are, but he no doubt can, can you know, play make, can run an offense. So that would also be good just to have another guy to delegate the playmaking through. So for me, I'm all in on Alec Burks personally. Fits right into the TVE, Pat. Doesn't count against the cap. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, I like uh, I like Burks as well. I think it's, it would be a good option to – to take a flyer on, even though he's coming off that injury, you just take him for the depth, right? And I think he's a better version of what Paint Pritchard can offer. Like he's he does a little bit more than what Paint Pritchard can do. He can still shoot the ball, but he can also create and he can run an offense a little bit more. And he's a veteran, you know, he's more of a veteran guy. He's been in the league for a little bit, so I think that adds to the bench depth. So I'm really interested to see if the Celtics can pull the trigger on him. Um, and he also got some other guys out there uh, that I would love to see the Celtics kind of gravitate towards, which we'll touch more and more on guys that they become more available. And especially post draft pack, because a lot of sh- stuff is probably going to shake out on draft night tomorrow night. So exactly, you know, we'll definitely have a bigger idea, and you know, maybe we'll even be coming to you with a new Boston Celtic with our next show after the draft. So Who definitely knows? dive more into that free agency stuff come draft night, but. Pat, I think that about does it for us here. We, 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 yes, sir. Yes, this sir. This is an hour-long show in our first off-season show. Look at man, we're good. All right now, let's let's set the bar this high though. We'll, we'll let y'all know that there there could be days. There could be days. <laughs> All right, um, but no, I'm I'm interested uh, in in watching the draft and also seeing where where some things go and and what type of action pops off. But man, the off-season is so exciting. I Absolutely. feel like the off-season is just as exciting sometimes as the season. You know, so uh, we're very very fortunate it, to to be in a business where you get to watch uh, basketball and cover basketball. So man, uh, thank you guys again for stopping by the sports ethos Celtics podcast. Make sure you guys go follow the show on Twitter at uh, ethos Celtics. You can also follow Luca uh, Lucas at Luca underscore gainer. You can follow me at ball and opinions. Make sure you guys go head over to Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Make sure you guys leave those reviews and five stars rating for us. Those help us out a ton and move us up the boards and lets people find our show more often, man. Share us with your friends and family. Tell them what's up. Tell them we're the best Boston podcast out there and that uh, we're just a couple guys that enjoy talking ball. Absolutely. Appreciate every single person who listens live, who listens, you know, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Sports Ethos, whatever it may be. However you're listening, we appreciate it. Rate, review, subscribe, like Pat said, share, go follow us on Twitter. Make sure to tune into the other Sports Ethos shows as well. They have a lot of great off-season shows, a lot of great general NBA shows, draft shows. So make sure you tune in, man. We've got a lot of great content here at Sports Ethos. So appreciate every single one of the listeners, man. Let's do us, man. All right, go Celtics, and good luck on draft night, everybody who has your first-round pick, actually. Let's go. Later.